This is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Do You Know show, and we bring you bits of knowledge and information you might not have heard from people you might not know. What I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this program and others, please log on to KUCI.org. How you guys doing out there in Radio Land and streaming audience? <laughs> this is Calvin, as I said, and I'm here in Chicago, the city of big shoulders. Y'all didn't hear that before, huh? You always heard the Windy City. It's also the city of big shoulders. And uh, all of us, uh, whether we realize or not, have rode on the shoulders of someone to get to where we are. And I got a young lady here. I don't know whose shoulders she rode on, but I'm glad she rode on them. And her name is Raphael Richardson. And Raphael uh, right now is working on, and I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can to help her with this, uh, initiating a national response to social justice issues for our youth. And all this was spearheaded by the incident in Ferguson and other things that are going on around the country. Now, Raphael has been involved with youth for quite a while. She was resource and development director at the, right now at the youth movement, Youth Move National. She was also citywide director of a government program here in the city of Chicago for youth, and she was a director at the Lighthouse Youth Center in Chicago. I am real excited to have her here, and uh, I'm glad you guys are going to get an opportunity to hear what it is that, that she's doing right now. Raphael, how are you? I'm well, Calvin. I'm well. It's good to see you. <laughs> yeah. See you in a while. Yeah, good to see you as well. Yeah, Raphael and I have worked together in Chicago, and uh, as you know, I'm in California now, and she's in Chicago, still doing what she does. Raphael, I just wanted to start with something that I think is very important, because I interviewed a young lady of 96 years. She was 96 wow. years old, and she, wow. her name is B. Lumpkin. And uh, she was a, a, a worker in the struggle as well. And uh, she's been all over the world, been in 34 countries, Asia, in South America, in Europe, you know, in different places, competing in, I mean, not competing, but participating in conferences and strikes, demonstrations and that kind of thing. Awesome. And she did a, yeah, she's an awesome woman, 96 years old, and she's still doing what she does. And, um, and she was responsible for initiating the Social Security Act in this country, initiating unemployment really? compensation in this country, and also uh, the child labor laws that exist in this country. You know, she was involved in all of that uh, and when, when she was a lot younger, of course. And um, there was something that she said at the end of the show. I asked her, I said, what do you think that we who are still trying to make a difference in this world, still trying to uh, address the social issues that are occurring, what do you think that we should do? And she said, I am expecting young people will lead us, and I think it's up to us with more experience and more resources to give them all the help we can. That just thrills me to just hear that. So what do you feel Absolutely. about our youth and what they're capable of doing by having worked with them for so long? Well, well, first, let me say, you were saying you didn't know whose shoulders I stand on. I stand on young, uh, on women like that, <laughs> who, who I don't know the names right. of, who have worked so hard for me to have uh, the role and play the role that I have now. I was, <clears throat> when I reached out to you about the response and the national response in Ferguson and some of the other social injustices that are happening with our young people, I just feel, you know, I... I was sitting there and I was in, you know, in my in my own quiet time and I realized that the leaders 
are here now. Okay. You know, that we are wait. you know, sometimes we wait on some of the more known folks to step up and to lead, but it's just like the, the, the lady said, the younger generation uh-huh. has to step up and lead. And so when we look at young people, our young, the struggles of our young people now are very different from what was happening before. Okay. In the okay. day and age where we've got young people with social media, access to social right, media. Right, right. In the day and age, I was talking to a young man in Ohio who says they are scared to call the police because if I call the police and report an incident, mm-hmm. that might affect another young person who has nothing to do with the incident and they get profiled and now we're all in trouble. Oh, man. And this wow. is real life and so I work with Youth Move National, and MOVE stands for Motivating Others Through Voices of Experience. Okay. Right now, we've got 81 chapters across 37 states, all of wow. them having some sort of uh, child-serving uh, experience and systems, mm-hmm. whether that's juvenile justice or mental health or residential treatment. And so I, I, I really, I mean, for us, the responsibility is to make sure that young people have a platform. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's how we got all, you know, wow. got that together, you know. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue. Uh, I think what's happening right now is awesome. It's wonderful. Uh, but I want to make sure that the fire is still there. Yeah, here absolutely, from absolutely. You know, it's, it's important to me. I think that a lot of times, like people like myself, you know, and, 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 and where I am in life, you know, being 65 years old, retired and that kind of thing. And the time that I spend in, 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 in doing the things that I do outside of this radio program, you know, is, uh, is, is wide open. Absolutely. I can do a lot, you know, but with yourself being as young as you are and really, you know, you, you're not that far from being one of those youth that you mm-hmm, are working mm-hmm, with, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for you to, you know, not have the leisure time to, to, to use as much as I do, you know, because you do have a job, right, you know what right, I mean? Right, you right. do have to make, have an income and that kind of thing. And then, you know, you, there are other things in life that we have to do and be responsible mm-hmm. for as young adults, mm-hmm. not retired men that right. ain't got nothing else to do. You know what I'm saying? So how do you, how do you get to the point or, you know, uh, feel about having the responsibility of taking care of yourself and then using time that you, your spare time, right, like right, what you're right. doing right now yeah. to promote, you know, the youth, because you're not at work today. You right. came all the way here. And I want y'all to know we're in Panera Bread, you know, on Roosevelt <laughs> in Chicago. So the noise you hear on the, in the background is people doing other stuff. But this is Raphael here, took her time out to come meet me here, Absolutely. you know, uh, outside of her job to continue doing what it is you do. How do you, what what drives you to do that? What What, what happens? You know what? I, I have to be honest. What drives me is this this overwhelming sense of responsibility that, that as my dad said, if you know better, then you do better. Oh, okay. And I feel like, you know, I've, I've had a very, you know, I, I'd venture to say even privileged upbringing. Mm-hmm. But one thing that both my mother and father made sure is made sure that even though I had this, you know, a, a pretty nice upbringing and traveling and that kind of thing, um, is that you know where you came from. Okay. And so, you know, whenever we get together, even just as a family that keeps me grounded, understanding mm-hmm. that it wasn't that long that my grandmother <laughs> got spit in the face. Oh, it wow. wasn't that long that my great grandmother washed people's clothes, mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. care of people's kids. It mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago. Okay. And so understanding that, which I think is missing in some of my generation, yeah, the 30 sure. year olds, sure. is understanding that we're not that far. <laughs> we are really not that far. And so right. that drive really gives me, I mean, that really gives me my drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that, you know, in the work that I do, wellness is so important. And so using the tools that we talk about uh-huh. and give to young people, using those tools for myself to make sure that 
I'm not, you know, I'm okay, uh, you know, with every other area, but physically I'm unhealthy. Yes, yes. You know, which yes. happens with so many, or everything is great, but financially I just have, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. all out of sorts. Okay. Um, so using those tools that helps me and just knowing that um, my life doesn't belong to me mm. is what gives me the drive to stay up two hours, three hours extra a night, knowing uh-huh. that my young people that are in Ohio or in Arkansas or in Maine, mm-hmm. however long I'm working at the national level, uh-huh. I have a responsibility to hold my office. Wow, so, wow. So you guys are, you, how many states are you guys in? 37 states, 37 two tribal states. communities, and wow. in District of Columbia. Okay. Now, now, in terms of uh, this thing being initiated, you said that it was something... I mean, something that what happened in Ferguson, Absolutely. rather, is, is is what initiated. But there were other things that are going on around the country that kind of fortified your sense of having to do something Absolutely. about that particular situation. You're working with youth all over the country, mm-hmm. 37 states, yep. two tribal co- communities, that kind of thing. How does that work out in terms of the, 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 the racism that definitely exists in this sure. country and bringing youth together from different heritages, different ethnic groups and that kind of thing. Is it a difference between the way the country looks and the way that your organization looks in that regard? Um, no, as a matter of fact, we I, what I love about our organization is we are so incredibly diverse. Okay. We represent, you know, and our whole thing is making sure that young people do not fall through the cracks. Okay. And so okay. that we're uniting the voices and causes of young people. So if that means having a national young leaders network, which works with young people, mm-hmm. giving them the tools that they need to then stand on themselves, okay. stand by themselves. Okay. Um, and I mean... It really, I mean, when you look at African-American, you Mm -hmm. look at Caucasian, you Mm -hmm. look at the Latino community, Mm -hmm. you look at the Native American community, Mm -hmm. uh, we spend the whole gamut. And so with our chapters, what I love about it is what what you subscribe to is that young people matters, youth Mm -hmm. voice matters, Mm -hmm. and that you subscribe to system transformation. Okay. Meaning that young people have a say in their care. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so if you are Brother Calvin on the south side of Chicago and you work with all men, you guys could be a chapter. Is it's, that right? Absolutely. Okay. As long as you subscribe that we are uniting the voices, mm-hmm. young people matter. Mm-hmm. As long as you're subscribing to that, you could be a chapter. And then you get our service. You get me who says, mm-hmm. hey, you guys, we all need finances to mm-hmm. make our dreams come true. Okay. Uh, we all need connections and networking, so mm-hmm. then you get a team of people to help you do that. Okay. Okay. Now, now, when you are are, are looking at a, a say one one chapter in a certain city, mm-hmm. uh, of course that there you know they're going to be different ethnicities Absolutely. in that within that chapter. Um, there's a common cause though, Absolutely. like in the in the in the, in the, in the larger in the Absolutely. larger realm. You know, there's not really a common cause, you know, because we're looking at differences in, in within ourselves as a reason for not being able to get along with other people and, you know, the, the disparity that exists and that kind of thing. But these these youth are are looking at rights for all youth, Absolutely. regardless of, oh my God, you know. Yeah. And, and, and so how do they get along if, if, I mean, are there ever instances where, you know, there there's a clash and you have to kind of like explain why you're having this sure. class and don't look at don't model yourselves yeah. after the, the you know the larger the larger world not as that so so I'll, I'll put it to you like this we were in um, in Washington DC for one of our national conferences and the energy and the 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 drive and motivation to learn from each other uh-huh. was out of this world really so if you and I are both 
in foster care. We're both receiving mental health services. Mm -hmm. We have that in common. Okay, okay. And so you know what it feels like to be sitting there and not knowing where your mom is. Oh my goodness. So, you know, we've got young people in Jersey. You know what it feels like to be in a residential center and to get out and to be scared because you weren't really prepared for life. Oh my goodness. So that surpasses. Yeah. That's, so then that's, you that's get to race. That's, yeah. that's after. Right. You know, we look at Maslow's hierarchy. Right. Me. Right. That's after. <laughs> okay. And so and so the the youth move, uh, basically, what what is the criteria for becoming a member of the youth move? I mean, sure. is there is there such a thing? There is such a thing. Okay. So one of the things that is extremely important is that your group is led by young people. Okay. That, and I know that sounds so simple, uh-huh. but I can't tell you how many organizations that love Youth Move and we love them back. Mm-hmm. However, if you're making the decisions for your young people, uh-huh. that's not really a youth-led chapter. Oh, that's okay. Brother Calvin saying, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. need to do a rally. Okay. And your okay. young people saying, oh, okay. Right, right. So that is like the number one criteria is that young people are leading and driving the cause. Okay, okay. Um, and, I, and I'll stop there. I mean, I can, we can get some more information online mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. that, I mean, it seems so simple. But again, right. you look at the movement now, and mm-hmm. I don't want to step on any toes. Mm-hmm. Where are the young people in the movement now for Ferguson? Okay, okay. Think about okay. it like that. Right uh-huh. now, I would like to see 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds mm-hmm. stepping up saying, hey, Teach me what you know, mm-hmm. elder, mm-hmm. so that I can lead my own generation. Okay, okay, okay. Make- makes all the sense in the okay. world. And and I think it's a wonderful thing because it, it speaks to what B. Lumpkin was talking about, you know, and basically the, the children, our youth, you know, are real anxious to make things different, mm-hmm. you know, not only for themselves, but, but for the, their communities as well. And I think it's important for us to support them, as she was talking about. Now, in terms of if, if, if a, a youth for instance, is uh, in foster care, um, that doesn't automatically bring him into the youth move. How does he become aware of that? Is that some kind of mandate if you're in foster care, if you're in mental health, or you know, you have to join youth move, or how do you recruit? It's not a mandate. I think it would be awesome for it to be a mandate. (laughs) Okay. So I don't know if you are projecting and prophesying (laughs) right now (laughs) that every young person in foster care has to be a member of youth move, which doesn't sound that bad to me. But no. So I mean, you would get involved really right now. I mean, we're in our seventh year, I believe. No, actually, our 11th year. Wow. We're in our 11th year. We started as a youth advisory board. Young people who have system experience started it, went on to get their own nonprofit. In fact, I was involved in writing that 501c3. Absolutely. So we're still working on making sure that we are out there Mm -hmm. and people understand what the movement is. So right now, if you wanted to get involved, I think the easiest way to get involved would be on social media. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Doesn't cost any money. Like mm-hmm. you could peruse at your own, you know, right. at your own discretion, your right. own time. I think that that would be like an entry point, so you could see what's happening in the movement. Okay. And so, and so, basically, if if I if there's a you know, which I'm sure there there are foster care centers in uh, Long Beach, California, which is oh, where sure. I reside. And so I could go there and make them aware of youth Absolutely. move, and then Absolutely. they would in turn 
encourage their youth to become absolutely, a part of absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you know okay. what? We would in turn say, hey, you have a group of young people. Why don't you guys develop your own chapter okay. of young people mm-hmm. and we'll support you in developing that. Okay. As a matter of fact, not only will we support you, we'll connect you with other young people in California. I don't think mm-hmm. that we have a Long Beach chapter, uh-huh. but I think I'm pretty sure we've got two young men that are trying to start a Long Beach chapter. Is that chapter. right? Yeah, I have to okay. look and see exactly where mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we would connect you okay. to young people in California, young people in, in Oregon, which are doing an amazing job, wow. young people in Arizona, try to keep you mm-hmm. in that region so that you can you could feel supported okay and most okay. importantly to me is that you don't feel alone right right so youth move is pretty much like an umbrella absolutely. for other youth organizations absolutely. that okay okay absolutely. and yeah. so yeah so 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 bringing all these groups together as one absolutely. is an objective in terms of national oh goodness, yeah. national changes being yeah. made uniting okay. the voices and okay. causes of young I got people you. i got you absolutely. wow and you know and some might think it's broad, you know, uniting mm-hmm. the voices and causes, but think about the young people you know. Mm-hmm. They don't just fit in court systems. Right, exactly. <laughs> a lot of the young people that are in court systems, they're, you know, they're out of foster care, they have mental health needs mm-hmm. that are untreated, mm-hmm. they're, you know, may have been in special education, uh-huh. you know, like uh-huh. young people are so diverse that they can't fit into one mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Yeah, right. It doesn't work when people try to put young people in a cookie cutter. It mm-hmm. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's amazing because in, in the public education system, right now what they're doing, they've been doing it for some time, is to integrate the special needs students mm-hmm. with the regular population so they won't be ostracized. So in, 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 in Youth Move, I'm pretty sure that they are not just people, youth who have uh, been categorized as having problems, mm-hmm. you know, but, mm-hmm. but, but so-called healthy youth as well. Is that the case? Absolutely. So, okay. So what happens is, so we are specifically advocate for young people with systems experience, so don't get me wrong there. However, we know, and I know, mm-hmm. that it takes one day for the bottom to drop out. Okay. It takes one day, so it's so important to build healthy relationships. How do you have a young person, and I I'm, know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir with you, <laughs> how do you have one young person that is in need and not address their environment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then you treat one young person, but their brother and their sister and their mom doesn't change. How do they get better? Okay. okay. So, I mean, it's really about building healthy relationships, coping, and finding um, peers that you can identify with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know this is this is really amazing because I, I think that this is so important because I'm looking at 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 at, at uh, B Lumpkin who's 96 years old and you're you you know you're still in your 30s you're you're 60 years younger than she is at least you know what I mean and and you have the same drive and and and, 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 and determination that she has you know and I can see I mean I'm I, you know I'll, I'll be here you know I'll see you when you're when you're 90 years old <laughs> and see where you at but 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 as for right now it's just incredible to me that 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 large of an age gap because they talk about generation mm-hmm. gaps you know mm-hmm. I think it's not about the age I think it's about the intent and the purpose that you put in your life and so for, for a young person to see you at your age doing what you do and to understand that you might be doing this till you reach her age, you know, gives them an, the impetus to, to, you know, to want to do something. And right now there's a, a, a worldwide, and the United States just joined in on this, but there's a worldwide campaign led by fast food workers in Europe mm-hmm. and in Asia to, to, to get a $15 minimum rate wage. 
and and they've been doing it for a little bit, you know. And the United States was the last country really? to join in, you know. But it's definitely a youth movement, mm -hmm. you know. And 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 to think that 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 our young people, like you say, can can think about these things on their own without being told what to do, but they need our support, like Absolutely. B was saying, you know. And so, Absolutely. how is that? It, don't come in and okay. You know, right, don't come right. in and take over. Show uh, me how to do it. Okay, okay. You know, I don't want to go through the same pitfalls, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you know that there's a landmine right there, right. let me know. Okay, okay. Let me know. Like, right. we don't have to be in competition. Mm -hmm. Let yeah. me be your legs. Okay, okay. You know what okay. I mean? Like, that's just, and I'm sure there are others that feel that way, but that's my own personal thing. Okay. Just let me be your legs. I got the energy. You have the knowledge and right. the wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> right, I got Let's you. Let's do this. You <laughs> yeah. know, our young people need help. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of you know because this this station is broadcast from from a college. It's a it's a college station, but it reaches you know all over the world because it's you know you can you can get it on the internet. And so I'm sure there are a lot of youth listening. You know, and you've experienced college as well. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? What what happened to you that you said, you know, I'm going to work with trying to help the youth as opposed to I'm going to get paid. <laughs> I spent all the time in college. I want to get, get rich, you know right. what I'm saying? So so how do you how do you uh, uh, what what happens in you mm -hmm. inside that says, well, if I can make money helping people right. as opposed to I can just focus on making money on right. Wall Street or whatever the mm -hmm. case might be. What's, what, 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 when does that happen and how does that happen? Um, it happened for me in my junior year. Mm -hmm. um, I went to school, uh, Xavier University was right. number one right. in Louisiana, who was number one <laughs> in African Americans in medical school. Okay. Um, but I hate biology. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I never, I mean, I barely passed the second time I took okay. intro biology. And I always said, if people could be a course, I, I mean, people used to come to my room late at night, mm -hmm. so I'd never get any work done, and we'd just be talking. I said, okay. if people could be a course, I would get an A. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I was okay. like, duh, psychology. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> like right. People are right, a course. Right. And so that really shifted my trajectory. I always felt led to just work with young people and mm -hmm. I'm always and to help people but that shifted my focus a bit to get into mental health and get into psychology and social justice okay. issues that okay. dealt with young right. people mm -hmm. um but you know I gotta be honest you know God is good okay <laughs> I gotta be honest because uh, being paid you know it's not a highly paid okay job. right 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 however God worked it so that all my needs were met, uh -huh. and it gave me time to crystallize what I really wanted to do. Okay, okay. So, like, I feel like right now is what I am supposed to be doing okay, in life, okay, okay. which is, you know, I'm able to go bring, I'm able to sit at t tables that young people are not able to sit at. Right, right, right. So, if right, I can go in, right. and I can build relationships, right. I can bring young people wow. to the table, I can okay. help to groom them, <laughs> mm -hmm. I can even at this point in my career... I can build a nonprofit from the ground up. Okay. Fundraising okay. and all of that stuff. And that was all just kind of the journey of life. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's why that's why I'm even led to work so hard now. <laughs> because that's what's missing. There's so right. many people with wonderful ideas and mm -hmm. no ideas how to implement. Right, right, right. No ideas. Especially our youth, yeah. No idea. Yeah. And so yeah. that that's kinda of where I am okay. now. Okay, okay. 
You know, that's, that, that's amazing, too, because I think that that's so important, especially for our, our youth to understand that, you know, do what you love doing. Oh God, you know, yeah. this this radio show that I'm doing, Raphael, the reason I'm doing this radio show, I love running my mouth. No, I'm <laughs> you not know? surprised you have a radio show. <laughs> you know, and so, but, but, but then to be able to reach people mm -hmm. that I would not have been able to reach without the, the, the you know, the, the, the radio, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, the media, is, is, a, is a wonderful thing. But I think if you pursue your love Absolutely. you know then then great things can happen not only for yourself but for the people that you that you come in contact with and and, and, and meet as well now um let's get to what's happening now with you in terms of this uh uh initiated uh program that you're trying to you know trying to bring together because we had a conference call and it was a beautiful beautiful mm -hmm. thing and i was so amazed because i heard these young voices talking about <laughs> making changes in the world and that was so important yeah. to me mm -hmm. you know so so give give the audience an idea of what it is that you're trying to trying to do here sure. well, well first of all i'll start with this our whole goal is to reassure young people that we see them we hear them and we understand their whole efforts and their, uh, uh, their whole efforts of making sure their voice is heard. Okay. That's that's our whole. You know, when I think about youth move and I think about what our young people are going through, they want to be seen, they mm -hmm. want to be heard, they want to be understood. Right, right, and right. And so we've developed from that call. We've developed a three pronged approach mm -hmm. for the individual, mm -hmm. the community, and then at the national level for the individual. This is traumatic stuff. Okay. And it's deep. And so one of the things that's really important to Youth Move National is wellness. Okay. Are you taking care of yourself? Oh, man. So even in this... So you're talking about from the physical and mental... From the physical as, okay. and mental. So even mm -hmm. in this, I journal. Right? Okay. And okay. I, we would encourage every young person or every just adult to mm -hmm. journal because this is a lot to process. Okay. Um, and to make sure to, to take that time for your wellness. I mean, okay, so if you're marching and you're, you're doing the die-ins, okay, are, mm. are you going to be sick? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, are okay. you prone to say, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just right, saying right, right. that we can't lead a movement being unwell. Right, right, We can't right. do it. Uh -huh. if, we're, if we're not healthy, we can't do it. The other okay. thing at the community level, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that we. I want to make sure that this movement is happening a year two years from now okay not okay. Ju not just that it's a slow media day or mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know our wonderful community leaders have uh -huh. decided that this was important and mm -hmm. people are paying attention but know that we have the resources to do this a year two years and that young people know how to go out there and write their grant to make sure that their whatever social justice issue they have mm -hmm. they can bring in the funds to do it. okay okay uh, so that's at the community level is teaching those skills uh -huh. like brother okay. Calvin okay. you know like our young people that are in Maine to mm -hmm. say hey if you know how to do a mini campaign uh -huh. and you can raise the five hundred dollars for you mm -hmm. to go have your rally mm -hmm. that's very powerful okay you know okay. and so the other thing is um at the community level trauma like this is mm -hmm. generational trauma mm -hmm. historical trauma mm -hmm. and so putting out information so that people can change shift the conversation as from what's happening to why it's happening okay okay um, so that's okay. at the, the community level we've got a trauma expert on staff i mm -hmm. love you know our, our youth move national leadership team because we complement each other so well and so to have somebody that's on staff to say oh no i know how, we we can talk about this and educate the community mm -hmm. that there is 
a lot of historical trauma, whether it be for African-American young people, for Native American mm -hmm, young people, mm -hmm. there's trauma that exists. And then at a national level, creating that platform mm -hmm. for young people to feel connected. Okay. Uh, we've got a young person who has this brilliant idea to do a video campaign mm -hmm. across the country of young people talking about what they want to be when they grow up and what it, social injustice issue is preventing them or oh, has some sort of barrier. Right, so then you come right. out, you that works for people that are in the Ferguson, mm -hmm. that works for our young people that are in Ohio that mm -hmm. are, I get calls daily mm -hmm. from, from young people saying, look, we're scared of the police. Mm. And we think that the police are bullying us okay. in Ohio. Okay. Um, so there's a place for their voice. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not everybody's story, mm -hmm. but for a young person to say, look, I want to be the president of a bank, and this is what's happening, happening. to me. Yeah, it's like the police that. are bullying me. Okay. Or I want to be some, you know, a sports commentator, but I'm limited by educational boundaries. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. again, we want our young people to know that we see them, we hear them, and we understand them. So we can't make them, mm -hmm. we can't give them a... Um, I can't breathe because mm -hmm. some young people aren't going to take that. They, that's not their issue. I mean, let's right, be honest, right, that's not right, their issue. Right, right, right. Black, white, and different, mm -hmm. that's not their issue. So we want to make sure that young people can see themselves in that issue mm -hmm. and, again, make their own life-changing decisions. Wow. Raphael, you know, the time is up, man. Well, we got to get you on the radio again. <laughs> we have to. You know, and I so appreciate you, you know, coming down here to... Panera Bread, <laughs> you know, to, to talk with me so we could broadcast this show. And uh, I, I know that youthmove.org, everybody, youthmove.org. Youthmovenational.org. Youthmovenational.org. <laughs> Raphael say, don't get it twisted. <laughs> youthmovenational.org. You guys, you know, go there and see what it is that you can do to help support this, this organization. Raphael, are there any closing remarks that you might have to... Um, I guess uh, in closing remarks, I would encourage everyone to take care of themselves. Okay. Um, because the movement, there is no movement if we're not well. Okay. All right. So. Okay. Thanks so much. And uh, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I, I know you got something out of it, you know, and I hope that you can help us to help you. All right. <laughs> okay. As always in parting, I'll holler. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys to hold on for just a few seconds for the second half of the Do You Know show. All right, just stay tuned. Okay, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Calvin, and you're listening to the second half of the Do You Know Show. And what we're about to do is read a blog to you entitled, We Got the Hookup. And after having read it, we're going to go into a little more detail on what it is we're trying to convey. Okay, here we go. Isn't it amazing that we are all we can be? We have everything we need, yet in so many instances, we feel that we've fallen short and or been shortchanged. How many times in the course of a day do we look at ourselves and say things like, I don't like the way I look. 
why won't he slash she look at me more lovingly? Did I do something wrong? Why are they treating me like this? I need a new pair of shoes. When am I going to have enough to do what I need to do? Any of these sound familiar? Of course it does, because all of us, 8 to 80, blind, crippled, crazy, and beyond, are going through it each and every day. Why? Because we keep forgetting we got the hookup. What's the hookup? It's the means available that enable you to attain whatever you need or desire. You had the desire to read or listen to this blog, so if you're doing so, then you have to have had the means available to you, i.e., you got the hookup. How does that theory apply in other areas? Let's revisit our initial suppositions. If I don't like the way I'm looking, and I don't think the object of my attention is giving me any rhythm, if I don't have the money to get my due done, and I can't make somebody like or even look at me if they don't want to, where's the hook? You've got to go in to find it, my friend. If we're made in the image and likeness of the Creator, then the beauty is there. We just have to keep in mind that we're the ones concentrating on the zit or the wrinkle or the seemingly unkempt hair. Everybody else is checking our total countenance. And if we're not feeling good about ourselves, then that's the image others are going to see. Not getting any rhythm? Maybe the person you're trying to get it from ain't got none to give right now. You don't know what they're going through at the moment, and they might just be afraid to give of themselves for fear of not getting anything back. Did you do something wrong? No. You could have done things a little bit differently, but if there was no malicious intent, it wasn't wrong. If there was, you need to check yourself and do the best you can not to repeat that particular behavior. Why are others treating you in that manner? Because that's where they are right now. They're not able to accept where we are, and a lot of times envy is their reason for not being able to do so. Their seemingly negative treatment is actually an opportunity for us to meet them where they are, Check to see if their treatment of us is similar to the way we've treated another, and then being about correcting our own future behavior. You need a new pair of shoes, and you're still waiting for your ship to come in? How well have you taken care of the pair you already have? When was the last time you dusted them off, let alone put a little cream or polish on them? And what are you doing to bring that ship into port? What about that change in your purse or pocket, that 20 or 30 cents you can put in a jar every night? Might take a minute, but if you do it long enough, you can get them shoes. I know thrift stores might not be your thing, but they are a means for acquiring your desire. I know when I was shooting dope, I'd wake up early in the morning and tell myself, I don't know how I'm going to do it right now, but one thing I do know, I'm going to get high today. And most of the time... I did. That's the hookup, y'all. Knowing who you are and what you got. From dope fiend to guidance counselor, from homeless to heaven bound, we all got what it takes to get it done. Maybe you're not pleased with who you are right now, but be excited about who you know you're capable of becoming and work on that. You might not have all you want, but you have to keep in mind 
that things only come to us when we're ready to receive them. Just keep getting up, knowing that somehow, some way, I'm going to make it through this day, because I got the hookup. I'll holler. All right, y'all. Uh, <laughs> what about you? You got the hookup? Of course you do. You know, we um, get up every day with the intent of making it through that day. And our intent is carried out a lot of times half-heartedly because we're feeling that we, as I've said, fall short or that we've been shortchanged. I think that a lot of times what we need to look at is who we are and what do we need to do to go about bringing that to the forefront, not only in our lives, but in lives of everybody with whom we come in contact. You know, things are going on in the world today where everybody needs to be accepted. Everybody needs to be recognized. Everybody needs to feel that they're worthy of being present here. And we are kind of the delegates to make that happen, not only for others, but especially for ourselves. And by getting up and, and, and looking at our lives as a gift and looking at the talents that we have, as gifts, you know, that we can share with others, I think we'd have a whole different outlook on what that day is going to look like. It's amazing, as I said in the blog, that we have so much and we feel that we don't have enough. And that's, I think, the, the, the sense of what's going on throughout our world, that being a lack, something is missing in our lives. Most of the time, it's our feelings about ourselves that have been misled, so to speak. And who's doing the misleading? I'm not going to blame it entirely on us. I'm not going to say that we're the ones who, because of our low self-esteem and, and inadequate self-worth, that we don't have what it takes to feel differently about ourselves, albeit that's a part of it. I think the main thing that's Preventing us from being all that we can be is the way that society looks at what it is that you should be. And we always feel, most of us anyway, that we fall short of that ideal. You look at television, you read the media, you know, and you, and you talk to others, and it's seemingly always something going on that tells you that you can do better that where you are right now is not in a place where you could possibly be. We look at advertisements for going to that sunny Jamaica, you know, or going to, to, to uh, uh, Europe or going to Africa or, or looking at people that are much better off financially than we are and, and desiring to be in their position rather than our own. We look at people whose, whose bodies are, are, are as fit according to our societal standards as they should be. And in comparing them to our own, we definitely fall short. You know, we look at, at people um, who have done things to make themselves look better. We look at the actors and the actresses who've had plastic surgery and, and tummy tucks and those kinds of things. And we think that if we uh, experience the same thing, if we have enough 
to acquire the things that they have, then we'll look better and, and, and we'll feel better. I mean, we look at the, 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 the drugs that are available to us, you know, the things that we're feeling. We got a headache. We got a stomach ache. You know, our toe hurts, whatever the case might be. There's always something to, to remedy that situation, according to the advertisers, you know, and we want to acquire that because we want to feel good. We want to look good. We want to, as I said before, feel accepted. We want to feel loved. You know, we want to feel worthy of another's attention. When the fact of the matter is, what about us? What are our standards? Why is it so necessary for us to adhere to the standards that have been set by people who are basing those standards on the income that they can receive if people strive to live up to those particular standards? I mean, take a look at it. If you if you feel that your nose is too big and you want to make it a little smaller, you know, and you have enough to do so, you can go to a surgeon and have that done. And the surgeon and people like him and the, and the people that supply him with what he needs to do the particular surgery are the ones who are putting it out that we need to have smaller noses, <laughs> you know, uh, bigger lips, you know, a larger behind you know, argumented breasts, you know, all these types of things that we feel are, are, are necessary for our acceptance into a society that's perpetrating these things simply for the, the uh, uh, goal of making more money, you know, and we, and we fall into that, into that, that realm of not enough, you know, of, of, of not living up to someone else's standards. So what do we, what do we do about that? First of all, we understand that that's not what time it is. You know, someone else's opinion of us is their opinion and they have a right to it, but we don't have to accept it as the truth. You know, we don't have to accept the fact that I'm not who uh, I would like to be because someone, other, someone else's standards tell me that I'm not. You know, and we have to understand that we're all that we can be right now. And right now, where we are is where we should be, is where we're supposed to be. We're in a position right now, as I speak, to be all that we can be because that's all we, we, we can be, <laughs> you know. And regardless of if we're feeling that we're not uh, uh, capable of becoming anything less or anything more, then we need to reassess what it is that we're, we're looking at and how we're looking at it. Let's say I, I, I'm, I'm I, well, let me give you, give you an example of, of, of what happened to me one day here in Chicago. I'm in Chicago right now, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, at home where I, where, I, where I come from, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I'm looking at a situation that happened when I was here years ago, and I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a, a, a show called um, Good Times. And it was filmed in um, a, a place called Cabrini Green, which, which were the projects here in Chicago. And it was a guy on that show, and uh, he was called J.J. Now, for me, looking at J.J., um, I was happy, I mean, really happy that there was a, a black person on television. I mean, that, 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 that really made me feel good that black people got an opportunity to be on television because that was a rare occasion. And this particular guy, JJ, as far as I was concerned, was um, 
he was kind of hard to look at, you know, to put it mildly, you know, and uh, I really thought that um, his persona, you know, because it was it was something that I didn't think we um, uh, uh, black people would be proud of, you know, um, and uh, and his appearance was not adequate for being on television because it made black people, as far as I was concerned, look bad. <laughs> so I'm riding on the on the air one day, and I'm looking out the window, and there's this guy behind me, and he says to me, "My man, have anybody has anyone ever told you you look like JJ on Good Times?" Oh man, I. I was just out, and he was an older guy, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want to say anything to him that that might hurt his feelings, because I was taught to respect my elders. But I definitely felt that, you know, he was totally out of pocket, and he had a lot of nerve telling me that. So I left, you know, left home that morning thinking that, you know, I was looking pretty good. But I've always had a a, a complex about my looks because I felt that. Um, the way that I look was not uh, conducive to what we call a handsome guy. You know what I mean? And uh, I felt that, you know, for one thing, my nose is too big. My lips are too big. Uh, I wanted my eyes to be a different color and all those kinds of things. And the reason being uh, because that was the standard that had been set by um, the powers that uh, existed then and now and dictated what it is that we were supposed to look like, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to act, and those kinds of things. And if we were outside of that particular realm that they had set up, then um, we were not adequate in terms of what we were uh, giving to the world, to the universe, as a matter of fact. So I, um, I felt really, really bad and said that to myself, what can I do to make myself look better? Um... In retrospect, um, because it took some time before I realized that that I, I am a good looking guy, you know, by my own standards, <laughs> and those are the ones that that are important. And and having reached that point, you know, I realized that that other people were looking at me uh, uh, for who I was, not necessarily or totally from what I looked like, you know, and the standards that other people had might not be the same standards that society had set up. And thereby, my looks were not contingent on what somebody else thought. You know, they were contingent on what I thought. And it was amazing that this guy that, that, that looked at me on the train that particular day, uh, he thought, you know, that I was a pretty good-looking guy. You know, he was actually giving me a compliment. And I just took it the wrong way, you know. And as I said, retrospectively, um, it's about how we feel about ourselves, it's not how we think another might feel about us or how another might see us, but it's how we feel about ourselves. And if we're projecting a feeling of, of confidence, a feeling of, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of God and, and, and God has made nothing that's ugly, you know what I mean? Then we have to carry that, that, that sense with us because whether I intended to or not, that guy felt good about having seen uh, 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 an image of JJ in me, you know, and, and, and he felt good about that because as I said, and I'm sure he felt the same way, it was just good to see black folks on television. 
And here I got a guy sitting in front of me who looks like some black guy. I know that's on television, some celebrity. So he felt good about having seen me on that particular day. And I should have felt good about getting a compliment from him, you know, instead of looking at it as, a, as, a, as putting me down, you know, as, as calling me uh, ugly, so to speak. And so, as I said, it's all about how I felt and, and, and looking at it uh, afterwards, I was able to understand that it's about me and how I uh, act, how I carry myself that might bring joy to others and definitely to myself. In terms of things that, that, that we do, uh, a lot of times, you know, I felt that, that I was wrong in what I did. You know, I mentioned in the blog about uh, shooting dope. And um, albeit um, uh, a lot of times enjoyable, because in the latter years, you know, it was uh, it was very depressing. I, you know, I, I I knew I had to stop getting high, and I thought that I was doing something wrong because the things that I had to do to maintain my my habit, you know, were not things that were uh, lawful most of the time, you know, and um, and so I'm doing something wrong, you know, and um, in essence. It wasn't so much that it was wrong, it was something that I did not have to do, you know, because it was harmful not only to myself, but to all those who, with whom I come in contact with, you know, my family, this guy on the AL, you know, or whoever else might cross my path. And um, if I had done something a little differently, like not getting high, like not doing the things I had to do that I felt I had to do in order to maintain my uh my condition then things would have looked differently for me and for others you know it wouldn't have been a sense of feeling that i had done something wrong because um i hadn't done anything wrong uh and 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 shooting though you know was not wrong that wasn't even wrong you know as i said it was a matter of making a choice that was not conducive to the well-being of myself or others and so in looking at that I was able to stop by the grace of God and able to, you know, change my behavior to fit uh, a pattern of being of, of maximum service to myself and to my fellow man. Um, and, um, and, 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 and that's a blessing to be able to do that. And so when we look at ourselves and, and, and consider that we're doing something wrong, you know, and it might be something, you know, uh, uh, very simple, you know, like, like, like uh, not speaking to someone that spoke to you, you know, um, not, uh, giving or not, you know, initiating, you know, uh, some type of, uh, interaction with another person, you know, and, uh, when that, when that happens to us, we have a hard time with it, you know, especially if, if somebody, if I speak to somebody and they don't speak back to me, you know, that, 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 uh, causes a problem for me, you know, if I see someone and I don't speak to them, you know, and, and, and they've looked at me as if to say, you know, how you doing, but for whatever reason, weren't able to uh, uh, facilitate uh, an opening comment, you know, like how you doing, <laughs> you know, then wouldn't it be nice if I could do that, you know, and, and, and without the intent of reciprocation, but just because I'm feeling good today and I want to share those feelings with you. And so it's not right or wrong. Is just making a decision to do something, you know, and an, and an instant decision, not something that we have to think about, but making a decision to give of ourselves to others. And then when we feel that way in terms of uh, 
doing the what we call the right thing, you know, which I call making a, 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 a beneficial choice, you know, then then our day is made better. And the day of whoever it is that we've come in contact with, whoever we've interacted with has been made better because of our uh, because basically of our intent. You know, I want to do something that's going to be a benefit to someone else. And so whenever the situation occurs and, and, and we're looking at another human being and we're seeking for them to, to at least acknowledge us, you know, and they don't, we have to understand that we are going to uh, uh, be in a position to help them with whatever the case might be. And a lot of times that help just comes from just being quiet, just being still, just accepting that person for who they are, for where they are, and uh, being able to understand that I've been in that place at times, uh, what was going on with me when I, when I didn't feel like speaking to somebody, you know, when I didn't feel like interacting with, with someone. There was something going on with me that I wasn't comfortable in, in doing so, and evidently there's something going on with this person, and they're not comfortable. But we also get an opportunity to look at that particular situation and say to ourselves, oh, man, I see myself in, in him or her. You know, I see where I've been in my life at certain times, you know, and I have to respect that that might be where they are right now and uh, uh, and just be still and, and, and wait for them to say something to me or, 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 or give me what it is that I'm seeking from them uh, at maybe at a later time or maybe not at all and understanding that that it's OK, you know, and it's so important as far as I'm concerned that. You know, in this world that we live in today, um, uh, everybody's trying to get theirs, you know, and, and, and nobody's trying to give what they have. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's definitely our prerogative, but I think we should look a little, a little more at what it is that we can do to make this place a better place. I talk about need and stuff, you know, and, and uh, as I said initially, uh, that's the way society is set up, you know, that we... We're lacking, you know, that we need uh, more. You know, it's always about more, more, more. You look at look at things in in, in different areas of our society. You look at the churches. You look at uh, uh, businesses. You look at um, schools. You look at uh, you know a, a variety of things. And 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 what's the, the the major objective? You know, is to have the biggest, to have the best, to have the most. You know, and, 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 and so we fall into that, into that, into that, what I call a rut, you know, of being so focused on having rather than focused on giving, you know, and uh, what do we really, really need? Because if you wake up in the morning and you're breathing, that's basically all you need for that moment. You know, later on, you might need a little something to eat. You might need a little water, but you're going to be able to acquire that uh, if you have to ask somebody for it. You know, and and uh, at some point it's going to be allotted to you, you know, and uh, I've, I've never been homeless uh, for a long period of time. I, you know, I chose one day, you know, I, I, I was I was high and I didn't feel like going home. So I spent the night outside, you know, with the folks who were homeless, you know, and it was uh, it wasn't easy for me at all. And I choose chose not to continue it. But the people that were there, they had accepted it as a part of their life and, and accepted as who they were, you know, and they dealt with it, you know, and they ate every day, you know what I mean? And, and the things that they talked about were, were the understanding that, you know, I don't, 
I don't feel that that the way that this society is set up is conducive to the well-being of me or other people. And I'm not willing to sacrifice my sense of uh, being okay, being uh, 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 acceptable in the realm that I'm in now to go back into that place where I have to pay bills and I have to uh, uh, kiss somebody behind basically to maintain my status that I've acquired as a result of, you know, going to school, uh, uh, listening to what the teachers are, are t telling me, you know, which is basically a, a being trained to be who they feel that I should be rather than being left free to be who I want to be, you know. But, but because I've chosen this way of life, I feel a lot better about myself and about what it is that I'm doing. And I know each and every day I'm going to have enough to sustain myself. And I'm not really concerned about having all my desires met within a certain period of time like most of us are. You know, we want more and we want it now. And for me, that's not really important because all that we, 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 we need, we already have. And all that we want, you know, those desires can be met if we do what we need to do to make it happen. And I talked about the blog about, you You know, you need a new pair of shoes and you're not taking care of the ones you got. You know, and I don't think that we're uh, uh, ready to receive something uh, of, of, of greater value if we're not taking care of what we already have. You know, and once we begin to accept what we have as adequate for us, accept what we want as adequate right now, you know, the time will come when we get the things that we desire. You know, and that even that might change because our desires might not be as high as they were uh, initially. And so it's all about, you know, understanding that we got the hookup. You know, we got everything that we need, as I said, and we can get everything that we want. And a lot of times that those desires, the things that we really want, you know, like a Bentley, <laughs> you know, what the case might be, you know, we have to be satisfied with knowing, you know, it's, 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 it's out there, you know, it's available to us and we're going to have to do some things in order to acquire it. You know what I mean? And, and if we do what we're supposed to do, act the way that we're supposed to act, you know, be confident in ourselves and in the knowledge that we have everything and have access to everything, you know, it's going to work out for us. Everything is going to work out for us, you know, and I'm just so grateful to be in a place where I understand that uh, whatever it is that that is for me, I'm going to have and nobody can prevent me from having it. And a lot of times I need to to perhaps look at, at life from a different perspective, not look at it in, in terms of, of, of what I don't have. But look at it in terms of, of, of how blessed I am, you know, and, and how uh, necessary it is for me to share those blessings with others, you know, in the hopes that we all can can coexist peacefully on this planet and not be so uh, concerned about how others uh, feel about us, but be more concerned with how we feel about ourselves in terms of our ability to give to those others, you know and not look for anything in return. Um, we got the hookup, y'all. That's right, we got the hookup. So let's use it to better our feelings about ourselves and in turn, better the lives of those around us. Um, I just wanna thank James Peter Carroll for, for sitting in for me and, 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 and doing this for me. Uh, thanks, James. And um, thank all of you for taking the time out from your busy schedules to listen in. And um, as always in parting, I'll holler.